Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we talk about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. I am your host, Kathy Sipple, and today I am very pleased to have with me Nancy Clem. Nancy is a steward of the earth. She's an ecological systems designer, a landscaper, horticultural consultant, and permacultural grower, as well as an in-demand consultant, speaker, and teacher. She is respected internationally for her work on land politics and growing for fertility. Nancy's recent undertaking, The Ground Rules, is a unique community and earth-building initiative that seeks multiple communities to work with. The Ground Rules involves creating community-run soil centers that gather organic waste from local businesses. Community members are directly involved and asked to invest real labor and time commitment to the project in order to create a long-lasting local relationship with soil and soil issues. She is the founder of Social Ecologies, an organization that acts as an umbrella for a variety of ongoing ecological and system regenerating projects. She's actually got a very extensive uh, biography that I, I'm afraid in our half-hour session we don't have enough time to review in depth. But with that, I'd like to turn it over to Nancy and just thank her for joining me today. Welcome. Hi, Kathy. Hi. So, Nancy, you live in Chicago, is that right? I live between Chicago and a little rural community called Orangeville, Illinois. That's okay. in the Driftless area um, in the northwest corner of Illinois, very close to Wisconsin and Iowa. Gotcha. Well, I have uh, lived in Wisconsin, and I now live in northwest Indiana. I've also enjoyed living in the Chicago Loop for several years. And I came across you via YouTube, I believe. I was fortunate enough to find one of your videos where you're doing um, a foraging expedition. You were leading people through some areas of the loop that I recognized and finding wild edibles, and I was just amazed. I would have never thought of doing that kind of activity in Chicago, and I just thought you were so fascinating and then found out you were also interested in soil health, which is one of my key passions as well. So I just was delighted when you accepted uh, this invitation for an interview so let's talk about whichever one you'd like to first. Um, you know, I think the two pretty much go hand in hand. Soil health and wild edibles certainly thrive with better soil. But what what got you interested in all of this? Well, I grew up rural, um, and I grew up on 500 acres, uh, and I come from a long line of horticulturalists, and so there's always been this attention uh, paid to um, my relationship with the earth, um, whether it was for, you know, kind of production on the on a nursery that I grew up with, but also we had a large vegetable garden, and we kept a lot of animals, and I've always seen um, myself intertwined with that. I've never seen a, a separation um, like a lot of people struggle with. And so it's always been something I've had. And then when I moved to an urban center, uh, when I went to college and moved to an urban center, I just realized how, in spite of all these people, how lonely they were. And I started going uh, for walks in less um, human-inhabited places, so old industrial uh, sites and um long walks along train tracks, and I was just kind of attracted to these more open-ended, less scripted areas of a 
the urban landscape to try to find some know, peace, solace, uh, community of uh, others being non-humans <laughs> that I was so used to when I was growing up. Um, and I and and that's kind of how it all started. And I um, started uh, inviting people to take those walks with me. And that was quite some time ago. And that's kind of where the urban foraging uh, thing that I do came, came into being. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm a little <laughs> bit new to the wild edibles game. And although I live in a relatively traditional suburban kind of area we're blessed with a lot of larger you know acreage natural parcels around my area and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just amazed now that my eyes are open to it how much of the landscape that we look at is edible including those you know what some people consider to be pesky dandelions <laughs> I, yeah. I tried my hand at making dandelion root coffee last week and it was pretty darn good and made um braised dandelion greens for dinner and and they were delicious so i just you know again found you when i was out there looking for more information and i thought wow that's really cool that you're doing it in an urban setting and you're showing people there so it's definitely something i'd like to do here and the the other part of your you know mission that you're on with this ground rules i think is just great i went to a local food summit here in valparaiso indiana a couple weeks ago and I wanted to head up a table discussion about food waste as part of the food system. And there probably, we had the tiniest amount of people at our table compared to <laughs> food security and, you know, working with growers and this, that, and the other thing. And I just see this as a really overlooked area that I have been passionate about. And I just was so curious how you developed that same passion and how you've been able to get, you know, your project off the ground as far as it is right now. Yeah, well, I mean, again, since I grew up on land, I've always understood that the there's a relationship and a dependence on um and 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 um because of that dependence there's always been a great humility um kind of instilled because the soil is such a mysterious cosmos of of, of dark dark things and so I've I've always been kind of um kind of blown away um and wowed by what um kind of the miracle and the and what it brings forth um every season and what it receives at the end of the seasons to to make more of itself in, in decomposition and decay. So I've always been really respectful of it and as a gardener, um when I first came to cities and started working in setting up community gardens, which was one of my first jobs is set up a bunch of community gardens for a nonprofit. Um, I was appalled at um, the terrible disregard to soil, um, everything from contamination, but also just compaction and salting and just total disregard. Um, And there is layers and layers and layers of that. And um and necessitated gloves, and if you didn't, you get cut and um, it was a, a really large question, and so I've been involved in growing food in urban areas for twenty five years, but I felt like the conversation was um wasn't deep enough, 
And it was also finally, I'd say maybe five, ten years ago, it started, there was more younger people attracted to it. So I decided to turn my focus to soil and uh, to healing our soils and um, building their fertility through returning organic waste to them and healing them through bioremediation. And so um, I I had a proposal for this project and I got a grant through the Annenberg Foundation and they wanted me to do the project in Philadelphia, which was, um, which mean I had a, I had to travel to Philadelphia to do a project that can pretty much happen anywhere, um, and I would have liked it to happen in some place I lived, but I did it in Philadelphia. And then about two and a half years ago, I, I was able to launch it in Chicago with no grant, just totally by hook or by crook, and um, have been um, running this project um, where uh, we gather organic waste, um, from local businesses and restaurants. Um, it's a fee-based system, um, so we get paid to do that. And then we uh, build out these decentralized neighborhood-based soil centers um, where we build and teach how to build very um, good compost, thermophilic compost, and... and uh, we leave it there for the community that we're working in since we don't need need to have it ourselves. So we kind of um, partner with community groups and um, become the techs and kind of the resident soil people um, and uh, kind of leave them a little bit better trained in composting. Um, we also do these bioremediation workshops where we teach people about mushroom cultivation and um, how to work with mushrooms, plants, and microbes together to um, help heal contaminated and disturbed soils of cities um, so they can be better for just general public health and animal health, um, human health, plant health. There's there's so much yeah. you just said in there that I I've got like ten follow up questions probably, <laughs> but I I think I saw you post something recently about violets and their power to help uh, with bioremediation. Was it, is that correct? Am I correct in remembering yeah. that? Right, we're working with um, about twenty four phytoremediators, which are plant uh, plant remediators. And um, some of them have white papers on them to say how how they've been proven scientifically to um, do this cleaning, and other ones uh, don't. Um, and but we're testing them. There, there's a good case for them um, being good remediators. In the case of violets, it is known as a remediator of metals and um, you know, as an herbalist and forager, I also know that violets are delicious and um, very good on the digestive system, very soothing on the digestive system, and also have um, some uh, soothing qualities for colds and flus. And so I think it's a really, besides being really beautiful, um, it's uh 
it's a it's a plant that's healing our soils and providing us medicine. So I, I love um, working with um, kind of under overlooked um, common vegetation and their service to um, the broader ecological service. Yeah, I've always liked them. I like them a little more now that I know that. <laughs> that's really very cool. Yeah, and then my other questions, I guess, have to do with, um, you know, creating these community soil centers. I'm just really curious about both the, you know, waste production end, how you were received by, you know, the restaurant communities, and also how how the neighborhoods uh, took to placing one of these centers within their their neighborhoods. Because quite honestly, I'd really love to reach out and do something similar in my area, and I'm just so curious about you know, what you found helped you in your approach? Well, um, first of all, I'll tell you, we're producing a manual this summer, and um, it'll be kind of a case study, but also a lot of how-tos. Um, so look out for that. That could that could help spread this model all over the place. Um, and I kind of... You know, I'm kind of a um, Tom Sawyer type person. I really am good at um, getting people involved in things that they wouldn't, if they thought about it, might not get involved in. But I kind of, kind of make it fun and engaging, and, and folks jump in. But you know, the, the, and, and get involved in food slop <laughs> and that composting. Um, but uh, I, you know, I um, am usually asked to move into a neighborhood. I think I've asked once to work with somebody, and every and all subsequent soil centers have been based on being invited um, by groups because they really see a need for um, more compost to be produced for their garden and for their for you know these backyards and maybe other projects. And they don't necessarily know how to do it at the scale we're doing it because we do it at a much more ambitious scale than most people conceptualize of composting. Like we make a lot of it. So um, they're really happy to have us on site to kind of take care of something that they, so they can focus on the their garden piece. Um, so it's a little, you know, it's a little bit about making this attractive and a little bit about being really, really useful. And then um, people seeing the project one place and then and then wanting to have it happen in their own neighborhoods. Great. Um, so it, it, it does kind of spread by just pre- the practical manifestation of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I try to have a fun and kind of, you know, fun or funny face to that um, to kind of help engage people in the area that might they might feel overwhelmed by or, or just, you know, generally intimidated by. You had me at food slop. <laughs> so, <laughs> you might be one of the few strange people really oddly attracted to composting, but I, I just, yeah, I just think, wow, um, I last year, just about a year ago, actually had the chance to visit a landfill down in Newton County, Indiana. Oh. And it's uh, the largest, second largest, excuse me, by volume in the country outside of one in Nevada. And, you know, it's nearly 700 acres. And I want to say that 
almost 40% of the contents there were paper and or food waste. And I just think, wow, you know, this is going to be sealed up in cells and then it's entombed in this landfill and it could have been released, you know, back to the soil and made really great compost. And by the time it's in landfill, you know, it's just too late. So I just see it as kind of wanting to liberate (laughs) organic stuff from the landfill and and train people to think about it in a different way, not as waste, but something that we really need for healthy food and healthy soil. So I really commend you for your work. And um, I know you've got a big project and a big drive going on right now with this ground rules. So do you want to give a little shout out for people to just tell them how they can find out more about your project if they would like to give you some support? Sure. Um, well, the Ground Rules is run by uh, my business called Social Ecologies, and we work on a lot of water and soil issues on a on a neighborhood scale, um, in a community scale, because um, education is our focus. So if you go to socialecologies.net and look at the Ground Rules, um, it's on our front page right now. We're doing an Indiegogo campaign called Feed Your Soil. Um, which is kind of like feed your mind, you know, in a lot of ways. So um, please visit us. We uh, we really need help. We're crawling towards the finish line, and we and actually we might not make it. And I've been um, thinking about what it means to not make a crowdfunding campaign based on soil compared to you know three hundred seventy thousand dollars being made you know, giving, given to a gizmo that never gets made. Um, so, it's, uh, you know, we're still in the minority, us, us who are working towards uh, public health and environmental health and um, human health and, and animal health. So um, if you believe in us, um, visit Feed Your Soil at Indiegogo um, in the next uh, two weeks because um, our campaign is ending and we need and we need your help. Well, we'll certainly do our part to spread it uh, on our end, and hopefully this podcast will reach some new people that are concerned about soil health. You are more than halfway there. You're at 56% as of today, so I sure you know, wish you all the best with that. I think it's a great, you know, great cause and certainly important, more important, I think, than a lot of people realize and you know especially to get the full complement of nutrients back out of our food i think that's that's really important i think you know you know more about that than i do but you know our food can only really give us what we put into it right exactly and 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 i think that um you know that's where a lot of restaurants who are really concerned about the farm to table piece and they're trying to source things really carefully. Those are a lot of the ones that we're working with. Um, and because they realize that, you know, in the past 50 years that our nutritional content of our foods has actually dropped significantly. Um, and uh, there's this kind of slow, you know, there's arguments about this slow um kind of malnutrition that human beings are suffering and we're trying to compensate it by eating more. Um, and it's more about not having the nutrient density in the foods that we are eating. Um, so our bodies are looking for those lost minerals and those lost nutrients. 
um, by eating more um, instead of eating better. And part of eating better is actually building our soils so they can handle, so they can put that nutrition into the food that we take from them and and be resilient to droughts and flooding and um, all these kinds of things. It all ties into, I mean, it ties into everything. It ties into the domesticated animals we keep uh, for meat and it ties into um, even domesticated animals like bees, um, but also the wild animals that we enjoy and maybe at times eat. They're all dependent on what the landscape provides, and um, so we can get behind supporting that, and everything's going to be better for it. So I, yeah, it's really about how we, where we, kind of how we align ourselves in this world, and, yeah, and, and what we're working towards building. And it's not an awful lot of money that you're looking to raise, quite frankly. And with with it, you're looking to do a lot of things. I'm looking at your Indiegogo page right now. You're looking at building out community soil centers at two locations, uh, continue working on your demonstration remediation site, publication, yeah. publication of that ground rules manual that you mentioned, I believe, just a little earlier, uh, hands-on workshop on mushroom cultivation and urban bioremediation, and organizing a town hall meeting concerning local soils, which I think all of those seem like very, very worthy causes and a lot of good to come out of, you know, a relatively small amount of money. So if you're concerned (laughs) about soil health and you're in the listening audience, I'd really urge you to visit Nancy's site. Uh, Again, you can get there by going to socialecologies.net and you can get right to the Ground Rules Project from her homepage. You just click the Support Our Indiegogo campaign. It takes you right there, and you can read all about the great work she's doing. She's got an informational video there, too, that you can learn a little bit more. And, you know, I'm going to cross my fingers for you. <laughs> I Thank think you. We, we all need more of this great work being done, and I personally would love to get my hands on your, um, you know, Ground Rules, Ground Rules, basically. How do you get this thing off the ground with cities and with communities and work with, you know, the powers that be. I know we're not awfully far apart in geography, but we do have a state line between us. And (laughs) one one thing I've come up against is the um, Indiana Department of Environmental Management, otherwise known as IDEM. They've got some, you know, codes that you need to follow. There is a little bit of fear around... um, food waste composting on a large scale. You know, people see it as a dump, <laughs> and it's really not a dump if it's managed well, and it sounds like at the scale you're doing and with the level of expertise you bring, you know, it's, it's definitely not that kind of a situation. Could you describe what people would see? Like what are some of the methods that you use or, you know, what what do these yeah. things look like? Yeah, I'll... Um, first of all, I, I should say I, I work on the I work at the city and state level on composting, um, so I'm not just an advocate and an activist, but I I work I suffer through working on policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, we we built these um, two code like their regulation um, composting uh, bins. They're pretty deluxe. They're expensive to build. Um, they're rat proof. And um, they look great. And um, they're also pretty large, like 
eight cubic yards. So we're looking at eight um, eight truckloads of uh, pickup truckloads of, of, of finished compost. Um, and we build them larger as well. We build them in increments of eight cubic yards. So we have a site that has 16 cubic yards that's being built. That's a lot of compost, and it easily covers most community gardens. Um, so they're great looking, and um, they're rat-proof, and um, I would say that, you know, uh, we know how to build compost so it doesn't stink. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've been, I've kind of built more ambitious, I've done more ambitious and more critical composting when I worked in ecological sanitation in Haiti, so I can... I know how to build healthy compost out of um, sick people's waste. So, um, it, so we, we kind of employ some pretty, um, it's a very conscious and, and kind of um, kind of technical process that we bring to the table. We don't just toss things in this box um, and. Uh, so because we, we really want people to get a little bit more sophisticated and kind of interested in, in their compost, almost as if they were cooking a, a meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that level of care and, and, and concern about their ingredients and how they come together. Um, so that's what uh, our compost sites look like. And then our remediation sites, most of them you wouldn't even know we were remediating there. It just looks like a... a, a some gardening's happening with uh, native plants, um, maybe some other cultivated, you know, cultivated or, or you know, spontaneous vegetation on site. Um, and then our demonstration uh, remediation site is um, sign has a lot of signs, and it's kind of a self-touring site. So if you're ever in Chicago, you can take a walk through 24 hours a day and kind of learn about. Um, urban bioremediation by coming to our site. We have 22 different plots testing both um, plants and mushrooms. Great. Well, again, I know you're just about to go out with your crew and get some work done for the day. (laughs) So I appreciate you taking the time to be with me before you you start your, your journey out and do your good things in the earth. And so if you're just joining us, you have been listening to another episode of 219 Green Connect. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple, and my guest today has been Nancy Clem. And she has been telling us about her work with The Ground Rules. It's an Indiegogo campaign. She is raising money to do all kinds of great things with soil health in Chicago. So please, please go check out her site. Uh, again, you can get there by going to socialecologies.net. And you can get to her Indiegogo campaign right from that front page. Uh, I do want to mention that our show has been made possible in part by CoThrive.org. CoThrive is an online intentional community of innovators. It's equal parts virtual makerspace, think tank, co-working, and new media training ground. So it provides inspiration, networking, and business coaching for members with great ideas that need help getting the word out. We've got a free 30-day trial, so if you'd like to check that out, please visit bit.ly cothrive30 to get your free 30-day trial. After that, it's just an affordable $30 per month to get ongoing sustainable coaching for your business or new idea. So, Nancy, thanks again. Anything else you'd like to share before we end for today? 
Get dirty. Get what dirty, was that? Folks. Get, Get dirty. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think I'm going to go play in some dirt today based on that advice. <laughs> And possibly do some mushroom hunting. That might be a good thing to do today as well. Oh, my gosh. I went morel hunting last night and, and found a bunch of yellow morels. It was, oh, it was pretty pretty <laughs> thrilling. We found some on Sunday had them for Mother's Day dinner. So that was really, really nice. I love this time of year. So, again, thanks yeah. for all the great work that you do, and thanks for making time in your busy schedule to be with us today and share your projects. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye, Kathy. Bye-bye.